Heads up, friends. The unofficial Shopify podcast is made by indie entrepreneurs for indie entrepreneurs and may contain material not suitable for all audiences, like swearing or economics. Listener discretion is advised. Don't get lost in the vast expanse of the internet. Try Ventoff SEO Manager instead, the Shopify app that store owners use to optimize their search engine results. Ventoff SEO Manager is your SEO toolkit. You'll be king of the hill, top of the heap, cream of the crop, so why settle for page 10? Simply put, SEO Manager allows you to change the way search engines see and list your store. Better search rankings means more customers, which means more money for you. Try Ventoff SEO today and get found. Just search SEO Manager in the Shopify App Store to get started. Welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Jack Nasty. And today we are chatting with Nick Mertz, a serial e-commerce superstar, I don't say this lightly, who has built several successful businesses and helped others do the same. He's been an investor in several successful e-com businesses, including Rugged Apparel, Adams Polishes, his newest venture, Pins and Aces, and another that I'm going to tell you a story about in a second. Collectively, these ventures have generated over $100 million in revenue. And so this episode, we're going to dive into the, the challenges of e-commerce that he's experienced, uh, how they deal with them, hiring the right people, running in-house operations, and so much more. If we have time, there's so much to unpack here. Many years ago, I was in a, a Shopify Facebook group, and uh, Nick posted in the group, and he said, hey, I'm working with this brand, uh, Leno's Garage, and we just got set up our store, and we're happy to be here. And I DM'd him. I said, wow, this was, that's amazing. You know, I'm a car guy. I uh, learned, taught detailing. And I tell you, it was from uh, Adam's Polish's YouTube videos was how I, I learned detailing. And he said, wow, that's great. Uh, let me send you a, uh, a sample. And I got this nice Leno's Garage box set. And as you get, that is how we ended up working uh, with, with Leno's Garage. And uh, that kicked off how I ended up meeting Jay Leno. So it's very cool. Nick has been an instrumental part of my career and growth. And uh, based on this, his story and his bio, that's been the case for many folks. So I'm hoping that we could we could peel off some of that experience that I have benefited from for you. So Nick, uh, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, let's start with how many e-com businesses are you currently involved in? I'm currently involved in four. Um, uh, previously, like in uh, Leno's Garage or Adams Polishes, uh, I was a uh, you know small operational partner investor in, in the businesses, but you know didn't have uh, uh, a ton of skin in the game like I do now with with the four brands, uh, e-commerce brands that I'm running right now. So uh, if you you know biting off more than you can chew, you kind of uh, lose focus on all of them. So four is about the 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 max I can I can work on right now. And so, of the four, which is your baby? Which one's your favorite? Pins and aces, for sure. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> I I love pins and aces. It's such a fun brand. Tell me about it. What is it? Yeah, pins and aces is a is a alternative golf brand. I think is a good way to put it. You know, um, we saw during the the COVID pandemic, golf was really growing, becoming super popular. 
you helped build the, I, I think actually I built the very first website and then started to turn into more of a legitimate operation. And now I think we've done uh, probably two redesigns with you on that, on that brand. Um, but it's a, it's an alternative golf brand, you know, fun golf polos like this. It's not your, your typical stuffy stripes, solids. Uh, we, we don't do any of that stuff. It's just kind of a, a more loud, um, and fun, fun brand to, to wear on the golf course. Fun for sure is what I always think of with pins and aces. It is, that one's a ton of fun to work on. Uh, what, how long have you been at this? About a decade? How'd you first get into e-commerce? Yeah, um, uh, about a decade. It's really, really tough for me to work for anybody. I've been fired from every job <laughs> that I've ever had. So um, when I was a, uh, a senior in college uh, in 2012, I started uh, Rugged Apparel, which is my first e you know venture into e-com. We were on big commerce back then. I don't even know if Shopify was a thing or if it was, it wasn't you know, where it is today. Um, started on big commerce. Uh, we started selling uh, these survival paracord bracelets. You know, they were a fad back for people who can remember kind of in 2012, 2013. Um, and they were only available in a few colors. We went to the manufacturer, had other colors made, you know, wove these bracelets together, sold them online. You could choose your custom color. Um, very, you know, rudimentary e-com back then for sure. Not, not what you have today. Um, certainly. Um, so, so did that. And then, um, I actually sold that to my largest competitor. Uh, he was, he was growing and I kind of saw the market turning into, you know, I saw sixth graders, seventh graders starting to sell these for a 10th of what we were selling them for. Uh, so I kind of saw this as being like a, a fad ride the wave and, and, and get out. So, um, did that for a couple of years, sold it, uh, had, you know, a nice little exit there and then just continued to run in, in, in the e-com world. I've, I've had the same backpack for 10 years. I love it. And the store was on Shopify. They, as far as I know, I think they went out of business. It was just Porter. And on it are several paracord zipper pulls fashioned right. into, um, it's called a monkey fist knot. Yeah. And that yeah, was yeah. from 10 years ago, that paracord craze. I had a bunch of paracord and I was watching YouTube videos, trying to make my own paracord bracelets. You know, I never quite finished a whole one, but I did manage those zipper pulls. They're very nice. They are, yeah. Okay. Running four e-com businesses at the same time. How? That that seems too difficult. Like, do you do you hire it out and you're doing vision? Like, how involved are you day-to-day -day with these? Yeah, um, I'm pretty involved on, you know, a strategic level. Uh, definitely pins and aces is, is the focus. Uh, that's kind of the breadwinner. But we've started these brands, you know, from from zero uh, to you know millions in in revenue for sure. So it's a it's an evolution, not a revolution with ecom. Um, so it takes time to to build them, and we have a really strong team now, uh, project managers on each brand, and they kind of have these little goals. Okay, the first goal when we're starting a brand is let's get a hundred thousand dollars in sales in the first year. You know, and can we do it sooner than that? Great. And then when that happens, you start to get some momentum and things can scale uh, quite quickly. So when they get to that point, um, they start growing. You can resources, resource it a little bit more um, and, and then it grows from there. So we have a really, really robust team. We have kind of a, a, like a mini CEO or project manager on each one of those brands that they're responsible for. Um, and, you know, that's just kind of how we how we do it. And so is there like a standard operating procedure for we've got to you you get an idea and you say, this is viable, plausible. We want to pursue this. Is there just a, a, an SOP that every brand follows that you launch? 
Yeah, a lot of them are. And we, we took a lot of it from the Adams playbook. You know, they had a, a really you Adams know, robust. Adams Polish is the detailing site. Yeah, Adams okay. Polish is the, the detailing company. Um, and, you know, when we took in on that brand, it was very small. Uh, we re- really kind of uh, hit the reset button, uh, built out a really nice uh, strategy deck on, hey, this is what's important. This is how we're going to achieve our, our goals. Um, you know, so I think, uh, yeah, every brand kind of follows this kind of playbook that, that we have. And it, it's nothing, you know, it's nothing too crazy. You just want to have um, some some focused approach on, on different categories. And, and that's that's kind of what we're doing. And if you can hit that and plug in a different widget, I think you can you can be successful with it. And so with the when starting a brand for the first time, the initial challenge is you have to put a bunch of money into it to start it with no guarantee that you're ever getting that money back out. And so for you, how do you view that? How do you tackle that challenge of, of startup and growth costs? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's it's definitely easier to start with, you know, a, a ton of money and, and scale it. But, uh, you know, for Pins and Aces, it started with $6,000. That's all, that's all we had. That was enough to buy inventory to get onto Shopify, you know, um, some packaging materials, get get started and uh and go from there so it doesn't require i guess a ton of money i think what i see an issue uh, a lot of times are um a lot of people are playing in in a red ocean a red ocean would be shark infested tons of competitors no real differentiation we want to play in a blue ocean so if you're you know thinking about starting an e-commerce business you got to have a great product and you've got to be either uh you know in, a, in an industry that you're well differentiated from or you have a completely new product that other people aren't selling and that people are going to want. You know, you need to have a, a, a technical success, but that doesn't mean you're going to have a commercial success. And so you need to have both of those. Um, and so if you do, the, the people are going to come and you can you follow follow the right playbook. You have a high quality product. You got good marketing. You got people who want the, want the product or the brand. Uh, then it's going to grow. You know, then it's starting to focus on those, those core key pillars uh, in order to be successful. But too many times people are trying to you know ride a fad wave whether it's drop shipping or it's a fidget spinner or something that's just there's way too many competitors in that in that space and it's going to be hard to be successful in there validating the idea is just launch the brand and can it get to 100,000 in 12 months i think um you know we we say uh you know execution without a strategy is a nightmare so you can't just go in and execute something and put it up on a website and and think you're gonna you're gonna sell and get to a hundred thousand. There are some steps that you have to take. You know, do some market research. Who's selling this product? You know, in this industry, what what are you selling? Do you think it's a good product? A lot of it with pins and aces. I'm a golfer, so I love golf. I understand that market, and I I, I figured there would be a need for some of the products that that we sell. Um, so that helps. But I definitely do your your research and be passionate about what you wanna. Uh, what you want to sell, what's in the market already, and then see how you can differentiate yourself from that. You know, I, I keep going back to the amount of decision-making you have to do, just like both strategic and day-to-day to be running for businesses. Even though you have, you know, there is a person um, in charge of, of day-to-day operations there. Is there a, a secret sauce behind this approach to business decisions so you're not tearing your hair out? Um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's cliche to say, but it's it's hard work. It it really is. It's uh, you know, when you're jumping into ecom, your um or your own business, you know, you're taking a pay cut and you're working 
longer hours, you know, especially at the beginning. It's it's tough to say. It's it's not just, uh, you know, there's one silver bullet that's going to make you successful. I think it's uh, a, a, a culmination of things um, and, you know, really working harder than, than other people. And if you do that, I think you're going to find success. The extension of it is it's often how long can you stay at it? Because in some cases, you could just wait until your last man standing. Yeah, you certainly you certainly can. I mean, there was a there was a time um, after rugged apparel and prior to Adams polishes in this kind of 2014 through 2016, um, I started uh, just doing some some consulting and working uh, in my father in law's business, and he owned a mannequin company. Yeah, they made mannequins. Someone has to make it, right? Um, and they really a lot of their competitors went out of business in 2008 in the recession. Um, and they just kind of rode the wave. They got super lean. They said, we're going to just, you know, push through it and we're going to get through this. And, uh, you know, 90% of their competition, um, you know, went out of business and, and they, and they struggled. So I think that's part of it is having some grit and determination. And if you truly believe in the product, you should stick with it, but it's never going to be an overnight success. You know, I think there's some, some other things, you know, that some of the products we sell, like the beer sleeve and liquor stick, that's definitely out with TikTok. You can have you know, those booming days, but you got to uh, continue to ride the momentum and turn it into a business, not just a product. Um, so it's it's never overnight. It's 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 a lot of hard work. Pins and Aces does have some of these, like the core product is um, uh, like head covers, golf bags, uh, polos, apparel. But then there's a few like novelty fad products in there that have done extremely well. Uh, talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah, um, the, the 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 probably two the two biggest ones are the beer sleeve, which uh, kind of was a new twist on an old product. If if you remember, maybe I think it was like a snowboard product. It was called a a beer cuda maybe, and it held like held like twelve beers. It was like a big you know big sleeve. Um, it was too thick, and I and I saw one, and I'm like, man, that'd be great if you could put that in a golf bag and sneak some beer onto a golf course. And so we redesigned it a little bit, made it shorter, made it fit in a golf bag, and that product like blew up, you know, but that's operating in a blue ocean uh, territory. You know, there's no competitors. It was a great product. Um, it was easy to market. I had a 15 second ad on on Facebook and Instagram that I think it has over 500 million views now uh, to this point. And uh, it just it just absolutely crushed it. Um, so that's a great product. Same thing with the liquor stick. It's our new product that we we patented. We got a lot of knockoffs. You're going to get that if you find success. There's people who are going to be copying you, which is very frustrating. It frustrates me every day still. But um, that one's patented. Um, and that's kind of the same thing as beer sleeve, a little skinnier metal tube, like a, a Yeti tumbler. You can pour alcohol in there. It's got a pump on the top. You can, you can spit it out. So it's it's they're fun products. You know, they're different. Um, and and we like, we like doing stuff like that. How do you deal with copycats um a lot of legal you know you'll get to that point where now i never figured i'd have a, a an attorney on retainer um but we do have an attorney that that kind of scours the market and looks for copycats copyright infringement trademark infringement patent infringement um and then you you just kind of fight it one at a time oh so they like actively find the uh, -huh. uh the infringers these bad actors yeah for sure I think the the worst the worst is on Amazon. You know, people will nothing we can really do about the beer sleeve. It's unfortunate. Um, now there's probably 25 competitors for for that product, and they're making the same stuff. But 
what they'll do is they'll literally take pictures, you know, with me or, or our team that shot those and they'll Photoshop their logo over ours and just steal our copy, steal our picture. Uh, you know, so it's, it's like, it's pretty brazen, but, um, yeah, they'll, they'll go out and find that and then we'll, we'll, we'll pursue it as, as best we can. I am not shameless enough to attempt something like that. And even if I did, oh my gosh, the moment I get success with it, it actually worked. That would be the terrifying part. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks. It does. You're not low. I mean, a lot of people deal with it and it's really, it's like, you know, you got either you chase it or you don't. Mm -hmm. It's frustrating. I'm so tired of losing revenue. Ah! Are you tired of losing revenue to abandoned carts and lapsed audiences? Ooh. Of course you are. Did you know that anonymous shoppers who visit your store on their phones can't receive abandoned cart emails from Shopify? <gasps> Pop quiz. What do Warby Parker, Dr. Squatch, and Blendjet have in common? They all turn to retention.com to maximize their growth and reclaim lost revenue. It's money falling from the sky. With retention.com's reclaim solution, you can leverage industry-leading identity resolution technology to increase your SMS and email flow revenue by up to 10 times. We am um, 10xing our list, okay? Like 10x. Like I'm not even joking. Onboarding is quick and easy and implementation takes just hours, not months. Plus, retention.com's flexible pricing is based purely on incremental performance, so you only pay for what you get. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to grow your Shopify store and reclaim lost revenue. Visit retention.com to learn more and schedule your demo today. Or you mentioned you said you got um, like half a million views uh, promoting these things. Half a billion, yeah. Whoa! Whoa, yeah, I, yeah, was yeah. Way, I was off. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> 500 million, yeah. A considerable factor there. So what marketing channels are your go-to with these brands? Like what's what's generally working these days? I think, yeah, I think Facebook and Instagram uh, still work to an extent. Um, I think we got really lucky. I think it's it, it's tougher and we're finding that kind of now with our newer brands um, that we have that we're starting, you know, the four businesses that we have. Um, it's tough to, to kind of market the way you used to be able to on Facebook and Instagram, especially with the iOS 14 changes. Um, the trackability uh, and remarketing to people who have been to the website is a lot more difficult. So I think it comes down to, and we've talked about this a lot, is having the website, uh, you know, as conversion friendly as possible. Getting there, you can get someone to your website, very easy for them to check out, very easy for them to understand the process or, you know, the product and, and go through with that process. Um, so Facebook and Instagram still work for us. Uh, TikTok is, is difficult. The ads, we haven't seen too much success, but the organic piece on that, if you could have a video go viral and we've, we've certainly done that, that really helps, um, you know, for sure. But the, the traditional channels are working well. We're just kind of re, uh, configuring them from more of a low funnel immediate conversion ad to high funnel, get them into the mix, get them familiar with the brand and then have the website kind of finish it off for them. And so with, uh, TikTok, you're posting as your own brands, you, mm -hmm. portrait videos, and hoping to get an organic viral success out of it, which does translate into sales. It's just difficult to track it. But how much effort's going into that? Are we posting, you know, are we trying to come up with ideas daily? Are we reposting stuff? Yeah, I have, uh, you know, a couple guys that, that make stuff. I don't do a lot of reposting. Um, it, it's all of our own stuff for sure. Um, and I'm not on it as active as, 
some people on, you know, the YouTube experts, you need to be posting seven times a day at these times and you need to use these hashtags. I think when you try and force it a little bit too much, people can see through that. Just like the influencer thing. I mean, influencers were the way to go uh, three or four years ago. You could get an influencer, you could get them your product and they would sell it. It would do, it would do really, really well. That's kind of how we started it. Um, now everyone can see through that. Oh, it's just, you know, Kurt, he's a famous podcaster and he's selling, you know, his favorite chocolate milk. Uh, it doesn't work like it, it used to, you know, so um, people kind of see through that. A variation on that, though, is um, brand collabs. You've you've done some work there with some huge brands. One of the big beer companies, which was it? Uh, Bud Light. Yeah. Bud Light. OK. And they they did a collab with you. How how do I land a collab with a household name? That one was that one was really crazy. That was our first one we did with them was two years ago. We did another one last year. Um, I was just you know in the warehouse shipping orders. We weren't verified. We didn't have a big business. You know I probably had twenty thousand followers on Instagram, uh, small brand, and I was just you know on Instagram saw a DM come through from Bud Light, and they're like, hey, we should we should do a collaboration. We love your love your gear. They were they were cool. They're like, hey, here's our logo. You guys have a cool brand. Do whatever you want. Sell whatever you want. Uh, just just make it cool. And mm. there was, you know, so it was for how big Anheuser Busch is. There was, you know, not a lot of, uh, you know, back and forth. No license. No royalty. It was just like make make some cool stuff and 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 use it. They sent us an unlimited amount of beer, which was awesome too. Uh, but yeah, that was that was fun uh, to to work with them for sure, and and those brand collabs help, you know, that kind of legitimized the, the brand, um, and now we do uh, you know other collabs. I really like the collabs where it's not a license or a royalty type deal; it's a true collaboration. But we're we do do some uh, license stuff like the NCAA uh, with colleges and and that, and that just adds legitimacy to the brand for sure. You know, one of the the really clever things I learned from you that I I ended up sharing with our Facebook group uh, is that. The NASA license, you can mm. just get, you've used this. Uh, yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, NASA is a great, great one. Uh, we have a couple really cool products. We're going to do another one this summer, a head cover, polo, ball markers. There, It's it's actually free. Um, so you can go to NASA and apply for the license. You can use their logo. You can say it's a collaboration between your brand and NASA. Um, and it it adds a lot of legitimacy. I mean, it's cool. There's They make rockets, you know, there's rocket ships and, uh, people, I think that's probably maybe the only government agency that people uh, maybe are have an affinity to. Uh, so, so it's a good brand, and uh, we yeah, it's it's great to work with them. And with you know, one of the issues with digital marketing is you're kind of there's pressure to always be chasing the shiny new thing, and there's always something new. Like right now, our our big thing, of course, is AI. You know. 18 months ago, it was like NFTs. Everything was NFTs. For you, you've been around long enough to see stuff come and go. How do you identify like, well, these are channels that we should be pursuing? How do you stay ahead of the game with your marketing strategies without, you know, wasting resources? I think, yeah, that's a that's a really good question. I think um, you you kind of have to, to look into it, but um, you don't want to jump the ship too quickly you know it's it's the you know hand sanitizer craze uh in the pandemic a lot of people thought they could have an e-commerce hand sanitizer business and purell was never going to figure out how to get isopropyl alcohol back again well they did 
two months later and those people were, were hosed. Same thing with NFT. People spent millions on NFTs. Now they're worth, I don't know who it was to spend a million and it's worth like $8 an hour or something like that. So I think it's good to be ahead of it, like AI and figuring out how you can incorporate that into your business. But you also don't want to, um, you know, completely abandon your core competencies and, and, you know, forget about some of the things that made you successful. I think it's, again, it's an evolution, not a revolution uh, when it comes to those things. So I want to, I want to talk about hiring. If you've got four brands going, you got to build a team out. Mm -hmm. How do you find the right people? And with the first business, how do you know when it's time to hire? Yeah, that's a good question. So I was, I started Pins and Aces, but still was at uh, Adam's Polishes, you know, uh, still had a a responsibility there. Um, So this was always just kind of a side project we were working on. Um, just having fun with, uh, but it got to the point where it was like, okay, I can't come in and ship all these orders. Or I can't manage the marketing. It's time to to hire somebody. Let's let's grow it. Let's make it a real business and scale. So hired our first guy. He kind of ran, did everything that we were doing, um, and then it, it it obviously you know grows from there, and you continue to hire people. I think finding key people is 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 really important. You know, um, so you need to have good people on the team. It's not just me. It's not just, you know, two other people here. It's the entire team that's that's rock solid. I think when hiring them, a lot of times, and maybe you're familiar with this, other people, you get, uh, you, know, you know, you hire one person, whether it's through a reference or a friend, or you hear people are looking for something, you interview them, okay, this is a good guy. Then he has a friend, then, you know, she has a friend. You know, you, you just kind of build this network of, hey, come on in, let's, you know, we're growing. Yeah, we need another body. Let's see how they work. And and most of the time they do work out if you have a good interview process and you treat your employees right and you've got, you know, good benefits and programs for them. It's a fun place to work too for us. You know, we've got a really awesome culture. We do a lot of fun things. It's not your strict nine to five. Um, so I, th- I think they kind of come in uh, organically and then uh, sh- sure there's going to be some some bad apples that come in. And, uh, you know, what we try and do is hire slow, fire fast. You know, if we need to get rid of somebody, you get rid of them right away. And if you're looking to hire somebody, let's go through the process and make sure they're, they're the right fit for your business. Any uh, any stories or anecdotes where you're like, I definitely learned my lesson on this one? Uh, it's not uh, it's not too crazy, but I had a, a, a buddy I, I knew and he uh, he had been through kind of a rough patch back in the, you know, back in the day. And I knew him when I was, was growing up looking for a job. Okay. You can come help ship orders. And uh, I saw, uh, you know, I was like, hey, where did the, where did this guy go? And uh, no one could find him. And he was doing heroin in our bathroom. Oh, so, no. Yeah. So that was pretty tough. So he lasted about six hours uh, at the job and, and, you know, quickly, quickly got that one out of there for sure. Oh, so this was same day. Oh, yeah. 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 Same day came in. uh was doing drugs in the bathroom. And, and uh, yeah, I, I fired. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. The inverse of that. Once you have someone and you're like, this person's great, how do you keep them? What are your top tips for retaining talent? Yeah, really good question. Um, We have a a, a really, I mean, really, everyone we have now is just rock solid. My, my, uh, you know, photo guy, my media guy, my content uh, or creative director, um, customer service uh, person's awesome. Uh, My Amazon guy's awesome. These these people, I think, they want to have skin in the game, so. All of our employees, uh, we do have an equity share component of the business. Uh, so we want to take care of them. If you know we're successful, the employees are successful. So we have 
really nice uh, bonus program at the end of the year based on profitability. Um, and then all of the employees have ownership in the business. So uh, they're, they're investors, they're owners, uh, you know, albeit a small share, but uh, that's, that's a nice thing to have is, is, you know, we go and we'll grow and then sell a business and have a nice exit. I mean, it'll be life-changing money for, for our employees. And hmm. um, I think that's really important. If you want retention, you've got to, you got to make them feel a part of the team. If you can't do that, um, again, I think pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. Do you want a, you know, small piece of a huge pie or do you want a big piece of a small pie? I think if you can share in that with your employees, it's, it's really important, but giving them opportunity as they grow, as they get figured out, Hey, here's another project for you. You know, we had, uh, one of our, our customer service, uh, ladies, she, uh, has been with us for a couple of years now, just started off in customer service, responding to emails, answering phones, but she knows every aspect of the business. She's running one of our other brands now she's in charge of it. Um, so she's had a lot of growth opportunity. Uh, in the business, and and she's an absolute rock star. You you always have to the when we work with other e-commerce brands, I'm always looking for like, all right, I, I want to talk to you or work with the person who knows where all the bodies are buried, and it sounds like yeah. that's that person for you. Like, there's always the for person sure. who knows the intricacies and uh, oddities of oh. of a business. Yeah. So yep. Let's talk about in-house operations. You don't use third-party logistics. You do all your own fulfillment. Yep. Everything, everything fulfilled in-house. I hate three PLs. Why do you hate three PLs? I just, you know, I think uh, I am not good with the the inventory aspect. If someone has a way to really dial in Shopify inventory without using like an ERP system or if there's a really good app, let me know because that's that's a tough one, right? So, um, and I think as we scale and grow so fast, you know, we went from fifty thousand dollars. Uh, a couple years ago to $15 million this year in revenue. Uh, that's just hard to do with a 3PL and manage all the inventory. We added 400 new SKUs last year just to pins and aces. Um, that's more than one SKU a day is is what we're selling. So it's uh, that's a lot to have a 3PL manage it. And by the time you ship the inventory to a 3PL, they have receiving fees, palleting, palleting fees, pick pack ship fees. I think there's obviously a model for them to make money uh, why don't I just incorporate that model and make operations a profit center for my business instead of paying someone else to do it? Um, so that's kind of how we we look at it. I get how oper- how a 3PL is squeezing profit out of picking and packing orders for you. How does uh-huh. it become a profit center for you? So yeah, instead of paying the 3PL, right? Uh, you know, $1.50 to whatever it is. I haven't looked at them in a while to pick, pack, and ship. Again, we're doing that in-house uh, so we can, they're obviously making money on that pick, pack, and ship. So can we. And then we've also really leveraged our our FedEx, UPS, and, and USPS uh, package rates. So um, I'd recommend that to someone who's doing it in-house. You can call your FedEx or USPS or, or UPS rep and uh, get negotiated rates. You know, get a, get a discount on your shipping. Um, don't pay what the advertised prices and they'll come in and they'll negotiate it for you. They want your business. So uh, by doing that, we actually can even uh, save money over what the 3PL was was uh, charging us for, or char- would charge to ship because uh, we have heavily discounted shipping rates as well. Ah, spring is in the air. Give your store a fresh look this season with Zipify Pages, a one-of-a-kind landing page and sales funnel builder for Shopify. 
Their impressive library of templates comes from their own $175 million Shopify store. In just a few clicks, you can optimize your product pages, category pages, and even your homepage. So they're ready to make you a lot more sales. Need to do some spring cleaning on last year's marketing campaigns? They have a template for every type of marketing funnel, from holiday sales to new product launches. And because every template is tested first on their nine-figure Shopify store, you know they actually work. Zipify Pages makes it easy to run better promotions, launch better ad campaigns, and split test your way to better conversion rates. And you can do it all yourself without needing to hire an expensive designer or developer. It's no wonder Zipify Pages is used by over 5,000 Shopify merchants. Go to zipify.com slash Kurt, that's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T to start your 14-day free trial today. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. A trend I've noticed is like every so often a successful e-commerce brand who has does their own shipping suddenly decides we should start our own 3PL. <laughs> which this always I'm like I don't know that this is a great idea, but it happens. Yeah. Has yeah. it has it crossed your mind? You're like I should <laughs> well, start a 3PL. I've, I've I've done it. Uh yeah, it has crossed my <laughs> mind and we've done it. So there's a uh, I won't say the, the 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 person's name, but um you know, it's a pretty famous person that I have a relationship with and uh they wanted us to ship their um their books. Um you know, so they wrote a few different books. Um and we we ship all their all their books for them. Um, it's not something that I'd absolutely I'd, I'd not recommend it. You're not going to have a three PL business just because you have the warehouse space or think, wow, man, this this will work great. It just becomes more of a headache. I'm doing it more as like a favor. Uh, I would never recommend it if that's not what your forte is. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, so, any any drawbacks to the DIY approach here? Uh, in terms of like in terms of what for DIY of your of the 3P of doing your own fulfillment yeah I mean I think there's uh, you know different headaches packages are going to get lost um, customers are going to say that they're, they're stolen uh, you're going to have missing inventory you're going to you know ship the wrong thing there's there's those kind of headaches that, that go along with it but I think it's such an important piece again while, while you're doing it in house is we can set tags we use ShipStation and Shopify we can set tags that Hey, if this person's ordered more than 10 times before, put a tag by it and uh, we'll see that order come through and we can write a very uh, nice handwritten note. Usually I write them of, uh, you know, personally thanking them for for their support, their order, throw in something free, maybe another polo or a ball marker. Um, but every order that we ship gets a handwritten note from one of our, our, our shipping specialists, uh, includes the free ball marker over 50 includes a free pack of teas you know it's, it's a it's about the experience that when the customer orders from us we want that nice uh you know that nice touch personal touch that we're taking with with every order so that's something that we can control that that we also appreciate appreciate but of course stuff can go wrong when when you're doing it yourself it's not going to be as dialed in as maybe a 3pl service the i want to shift gears to the future one of the things you know, I'm fortunate I spend too much time on Twitter and I shouldn't, but like every 60 days, somebody on Twitter is like, oh, well, here's the death of direct to consumer e-commerce. Like it, it's over. What, uh, what are your thoughts on the future of e-commerce? Oh, I think it's stronger than ever. I think, you know, we, we got a little, 
a bit ahead of ourselves in, in COVID, right? I think maybe you posted something or someone did where, you know, it, it, it you know, accelerated the e-commerce trajectory by five years, right? So um, that's, and that's not going to be stable, but we'll get back to that, that point. But I mean, who wants to go and shop, you know, in a store or, or drive somewhere to, to go, to go get something? I mean, sure. So, sometimes, but uh, e-commerce is definitely the way the future, I think you see it with the Amazon model, how Shopify is doing, uh, look at both of their market caps. They're, they're successful. Um, I, I don't think it's slowing down anytime soon. And there's still plenty of opportunity for people who have never gotten into e-commerce, have never even done it before to still make money doing it. I fully agree. And I, I think the thing that will always save e-commerce is the near infinite choice. Like if I go in a store, I go in a mall, you know, if those still exist, the mm-hmm. there's only so many options for me versus like, you know, I need this specific thing to fill this specific need because I'm into like XYZ obscure hobby. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed there are like five to 10. If I get the most obscure thing ever, there's still going to be five to 10 Shopify stores that will gladly send me an item two days. Right. That's fantastic. And that that's, has- it, that, that infinite choice and selection, I think, is what what really drives it toward the future. I mean, even look yeah. at a, a brand like Pins and Aces. There was tons of golf apparel out there, but Pins and Aces was the one that went, look, this isn't your dad's golf brand. Like, you want something that, that's wild and different and expressive. Here, mm-hmm. we have that for you. And then it yep. you know, just expanded and exploded in a, a fabulous way. Yeah, totally agree. Now, one thing, you know, for someone operating at your level where you're doing a lot and you've been doing it a while, it's easy to burn out. So how do you stay motivated, you know, inspired, and keep going? Right. Well, luckily, I think you got to find something that you're passionate about. For me, uh, you know, it's it's working for myself. Again, it was tough for me to work for anybody. Um, so I'm passionate about the business aspect of, of, of the different ventures that we have, the different brands. Um, but you know, golf is like the ultimate for me. It's my own business. It's, I can do it. And I, and I love playing golf. So luckily with a golf brand, there's a lot of opportunity to play golf. Uh, you know, I'm taking, uh, my team to Scotland tomorrow and we're going there for a week and we're playing golf, um, and, and filming and shooting content and doing all that stuff. So, um, it, it doesn't really feel like a job to be honest. You know, it's, it, it's something that you love to do. Uh, you're motivated when you wake up and, and to get the job done. So um, I'm just really lucky to be in a in a position where I have two things that I really love that, uh, you know, I get to make money from. That, I mean, it, so well said. That is 100% what it's all about. So yeah, it, after you get back from Scotland, which I'm jealous, that's awesome. What's next for you and your ventures? Give us a sneak peek. Anything on the horizon? Yeah, I mean, we've got a, a, a lot. We, we've been... Wanting to launch, and I think probably I've told you before, but, um, you know, we've got a couple big uh, collaborations in the works, uh, really big 90s nostalgia brands that we're doing with Pins and Aces that we're super excited about, um, have a lot of new kind of products in the pipeline, new collections, new brand partners, stuff like that, that we're working on. Um, and then, uh, you know, the other uh, the other brands uh, are growing really, really fast. You know, there's a couple of brands. Uh, I think you built a website for one, American Tribute brand. Um, it's a, you know, kind of started off as this apparel business. Uh, we bought it from from one of, my, uh, one of my friends who moved and he didn't want to run the apparel thing anymore. 
but we made it a, a, a gun cleaning business. So, um, you know, so it's, it turned into this like little two, four ounce bottles that we sold on Amazon and, you know, we're, we're doing amazing with it. Um, so there's some new products coming in on that pot pipeline, uh, doing really well on Amazon. And then we're relaunching, uh, our other business, uh, called Huga Lab, which is a, uh, a, a direct to consumer cleaning company, kind of like the Adams thing, but uh, more on direct to consumer on the uh, household cleaning product uh, brand. And so we're really excited about that. It's kind of a, a relaunch that we're going to have here at the beginning of June. And then uh, we just bought a brand new building on Monday. So we moved in uh, last week, uh, last Thursday through Sunday. It was, you know, full court press, 20 hour days moving in, moving the entire operation uh, from one building to the other. So, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of good stuff going on there. The, that, that's cool. I love that you leverage past experience in interesting ways. Like you're like, we've got essentially, yeah, we've got this gun cleaning brand. Well, you're leveraging manufacturing, packaging, like a whole bunch of techniques that you would have learned through auto detailing. Yeah, like for if, sure. There, if I could clean a car, I'll, I can apply that to home goods. I could apply that to... Um, you know, any other cl like cleaning kit mm -hmm. and uh, same with like the packaging and the marketing, like a lot of this stuff, there are economies of scale where you're able to like leverage these ideas and reuse individual elements by just reapplying them in creative ways. Sure. Yeah. What's uh, all right. Last question. What's the one piece of advice you would give to our Shopify merchants listening right now? I think the one piece of advice is to stay focused. You know, again, we talk about having a uh, a good product in a a good a sector niche, uh, blue ocean strategy. If you have that good product, um, you need to stay focused with it. When I launched Pins and Aces, I had one product, one head cover, and I put it up online and I said, I'm going to be, you know, a millionaire in a month. Uh, this is going to sell like crazy. It's a great product. People are going to love it. Um, we're going to sell, you know, the shit out of this. Uh, we didn't, I think we sold five in the first month, uh, and probably spent triple what we made on trying to figure out Facebook and Instagram ads. And, you know, right then and there, you could have said, Hey, this is a, a failing business. And you definitely know, you have to know when to, to take it out and get rid of the business and stop putting effort into it. But you got to stay focused, you know, for those first six months at a minimum, you know, really grind it out. If you truly believe in the product and you think there's a market for it, stay focused with it because uh, most likely other people are going to be interested in that as well. Um, and, you know, you could be so close to, to having success with it. So it would be to, to stay focused on it for sure. And where could we learn more about you? Me, I'm I'm kind of a reserved guy. You know, I'm not uh, big on the social media. You go to Pins and Aces and I, I'm in some of the stuff there. Uh, but you know, not big personally on on social media. I do too much of that at work. I like to to keep a low profile. Don't post the, my Facebook accounts only for managing the ads side of stuff with for the business. So um, definitely go check out Pins and Aces. That's probably where you'll you'll see most of us. And we are launching a uh, a YouTube channel. Um, we'll have you know more interaction with our team and, and different things that we're doing, kind of behind the scenes of our business, but also, you know, the golf side of things, which I think will be pretty interesting. Nick Mertz, pinsandaces.com. Thank you so much. Cool. Thanks, Kurt. Appreciate it. See ya. The unofficial Shopify podcast is brought to you by Loop. Loop is a returns management platform that makes returns profitable and stress-free for you and your shoppers. 
Loop offers automated returns, exchanges, and store credit options to lower costs and increase revenue. You want to offer at-home pickup or boxless drop-offs? Need to lower return costs or increase repeat purchases? How about all of the above? That's what's possible with Loop. Loop delivers customized returns management solutions for Shopify merchants of all sizes, like Studs, Princess Polly, Code Epoxy, to turn returns into returning customers. Find out why thousands of Shopify merchants choose Loop to manage their returns at loopreturns.com. That's loopreturns.com.